Well, a couple of years, a, a few years ago, uh, a couple of our friends, Jamie and Maria, dear friends of ours, they had a four-year-old son. His name was Austin. And Austin was really struggling. He was sick and he was having seizures, really bad seizures. He was in the hospital and he had his second terrible, terrible seizure. And in the hospital, he coded. It was a, it was a bad thing. Maria, both of them, both Jamie and Maria, had just recently come to know the Lord. So they didn't know much about the word, didn't know much about faith. But she'd come across a passage in the scripture where she saw that Jesus delivered a little boy from seizures. And she had claimed that as hers. And so she was praying. And Jamie, on the other hand, he's about a six foot seven, 300 pound guy. He looks like he's in the hell's angels. He's got this long beard tatted up. And uh, he's used to controlling everything about his life, you know, and he just couldn't control this. And, and he, just, he, he just had a hard time engaging in this process of faith for their son. They brought a pastor in and the pastor prayed and he prayed a powerful prayer of healing. But as he, when he finished, Austin looked up and he said, Bommy is hurting me. That's not what you want to hear when you're praying for healing for a little boy. And then he looked and he says, who is God? Jesus doesn't love me. Jamie could hardly handle it. He was so confused and frustrated as a dad. You could just imagine wanting to fix. You feel like it's going to. And then he just, who was, he, he turned around. And he just, I can't handle it anymore. And he's just walking out the room. But as he walked out the room, before he got to the door, He heard God for the first time in his life. And God said very loudly in his ear, he said, engage, engage, engage with your family. Jamie had a decision and he made the right decision. He turned around and he went to his son, Austin, and he put his hands on Austin. And he and he said, Jesus is Lord. He didn't know how to pray anything other than that. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my son. And he took just a couple of minutes to pray and he stopped. And Austin looked at him and said, Daddy, I'm all better. Jesus healed me. And he started singing. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. That was 10 years ago. Not only is Austin alive and well, but I'm telling you, he is a walking miracle today. Will you give it up for the Lord and his power to touch our children? What I've learned from that is a number of different things. But what I want to start by saying is when fathers engage, families flourish. When fathers engage, families flourish. You know, but unfortunately, there's so many dads that don't know how to engage. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to be discouraged. Matter of fact, I want to be I want you to be encouraged because I'm here to help you. Okay, I'm here to help you. I want today to be a day for all of our fathers to be able to to take a next step of engagement with our kids. I'm blessed to have the legacy that I do. 
I had two granddads and a dad that loved God with all their heart, soul, and mind. They, they loved their children and they engaged in their children. And I am a benefactor, a, re- a recipient of that legacy. And I'm excited today to impart to our fathers and those who are going to be fathers. I, I'm excited about imparting the things that they have taught me and the things that I have carried out in my three children that are grown at this time. I'm really excited about being able to share with you um, three essential rules of engagement for every father. Three essential rules of engagement for every father. And I believe the things that I have received, okay, I, and, and, and that my, my fathers have imparted to me, I'm praying that today that uh, I'll be able to impart them to you in the name of the Lord. You know, I know there's more than three. There's a whole bunch more. I know that. But, I, but you know, the guys in the back said, I literally only have an hour and a half, so I had to cut it down to about three, all right? An hour and a half, maybe, maybe 30 minutes, 25 minutes, all right? And time is a ticking for sure. Well, when we think about uh, a soldier engaging, okay, in, in, in war, we think about a man or a woman who gives their all. They give their all as if their life depends on it because their life does literally depend upon it. You know, that's how we should father our children, as if our life depends on it or as if our children's life depend on it. We must be 100% all in engaged with our children. Unfortunately, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, it seems like in society, instead of us getting better at fathering, it seems like we're getting worse. And, um, you know, I deal with um, and have dealt with children and young people and uh, uh, adults that are children that, uh, that have just been devastated by fathers and fathers falling down on the job and fathers, you know, giving up on them and fathers walking out on them and fathers being weak and fathers being passive and fathers being absent and fathers being engaged. I don't know. I'm kind of tired of seeing a bride come down to meet her groom without the dad right there walking her down. I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing young boys that that are becoming man men biologically and uh, they don't have a dad to help them physiologically and psychologically know what it means and culturally what it means to be um, a, a man. You know, it, we, we're seeing um, we're seeing young ladies and uh, they're, they're going to their games and they're going to their recitals and their events and they're looking up and they don't see their dad. I'm just kind of tired of seeing graduations and, you, and at graduations, where are the dads? And, and it, it's, a, it's a frustrating thing. I think about the girl that has, a, 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 that has her first date ever and the date comes and picks her up and the dad isn't there. Are you kidding me? A dad needs to be there to shake a hand. A real, he needs to... Sh- He needs to get a hold of that guy and just let him know right off the bat. Yo, sorry, boy. Here it is. I'm going to shake your hand hard and it's going to hurt in this hand. And in this hand, I have a gun and I want you to know, and I will use it. Okay. I will use it. Every little girl needs a dad that's protective of her. Malachi chapter four, verse six. It's a prophetic passage. Many of us get excited about the passage, and it is a beautiful passage. But there is, 
a little bit of caveat to it that we want to talk about. It says he's preaching. He'll turn the hearts of the father. He's prophesying. The hearts of the father will be turned to the children and the hearts of the children to the father. And we just declare that today. The hearts of the fathers will be turned to the children. The hearts of the children will be returned to the fathers. And that's what our heart is. But the scripture says otherwise... If that doesn't happen, if we get worse and not better, it says, otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. John Finch, the author of The Father Effect, speaking of children with absent fathers. And he says the children with absent fathers are seven times more likely to drop out of school. Twenty four more times likely to be a runaway. Seven times more likely to become a teenage mom. Five times more likely to commit suicide. Men, fathers, dads. These are our kids. These are our kids. We must engage. We've got to engage with our kids. I saw a statistic the other day and it said 25% of Christian men say they're not satisfied with themselves as fathers. That breaks my heart to think that right here in this room and all those who are watching, that one out of four of you feels defeated as a father. It breaks my heart to know that you're going through that. But I want you to understand you have what it takes. You can engage with your kids. It's not over. It's just beginning. You can do it. The posture that we need as fathers, uh, Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. He doesn't talk specifically about fathering, but he's talking about men. And I think it's a great posture for fathering. He says, be on the alert. That's Dads, we need to be on the alert. Come on. What's going on with our kids? We need to be on the alert. And it says, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. We have a faith. We're standing firm in it. Act like men. We need to learn to act like men. Strong and sensitive and gentle and caring and sacrificial. Laying our lives before our family. Serving them. That's what men act like. And it says, be strong. You know, no one has ever won a war by accident. You know that? Hey, all of a sudden we just won a war. And I'm just going to say this, we'll never win with our children by accident or by hoping or by wishing, hoping it all works out. Maybe instead of me, because I'm a bad dad, maybe God will just step in. What What is that about? We've got to engage. Fathering has to be intentional. Okay, it requires us to engage with our kids. You know, I truly believe, I believe you have what it takes No matter the space between you and your son and daughter right now. No matter the trouble, the separation that you have with your son and daughter. No matter what you guys have gone through. No matter what the conflict. No matter what the age is. I want you to know, Father. I want you to know, Father, it's not too late. I want you to know that you can engage with your kids. I don't care what they say. They need it. They want it. They want your love. The three rules of engagement, all right? Let's go with it. First of all, fight for the kingdom. Fight for the kingdom. We got to fight. <clears throat> our, just remember that our children are God's children first. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? 
Our children are God's children first. You know, he just gave us the responsibility. He loaned them out to us, okay? He made us stewards to raise them here on earth in the ways of the Lord. Do you know that there's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light? Did you know that there's a kingdom of God and there's a kingdom of Satan? And I want you to understand God has called us as warriors, okay, to war for the king and to advance the kingdom of God. One of the ways that God advances his kingdom is he has parents have children and they raise them up in the ways of the Lord and they produce world changers, okay, planet shakers. And it's about advancing the kingdom of God. We've got to fight for the kingdom, Genesis 1, 28 says, and then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over everything. Here's the pattern. Man, woman, have children, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion. It's a kingdom pattern. This, we're fighting for the kingdom when we're fathering our children, when we're engaging in our children, we're advancing the kingdom of God. We should raise our children as if the reign of God's kingdom depends on it. That's what we, that's how fervent we should be about fathering as if the kingdom of God depends on it. And I just want to say, God is really not interested in our excuses. The king getting worried like, hey, you know, hey, I know you've had some tough times and, and I, he's not interested in our excuses. He's not interested in our whining. He's not interested in our complaining. He's not interested in us talking about us being victims and having that victim mentality. You know what he's interested in? He's interested in action. I mean, just flat out. He's like, these are my kids. I'm exp- Could you imagine giving your child away to someone? And you say, I want you to raise them in the right way. And, and, and you don't. I mean, I'd be ticked off. Okay, I think God is like, hey, 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 just a second. These are my kids. What are you doing? I need you to get engaged. I need you to get in this thing. What's going on here? And he's really, he's not interested in a bunch of whining. He really isn't. Oh, let me just say this. You don't have to be healed to be a good dad. You don't have to be delivered to be a good dad. You don't have to have a whole bunch of experience to be a good dad. You know what it takes? It requires determination and it requires a willingness to engage. Men, if we're man enough to make a baby, come on now. We should be man enough to raise a baby. Come on, that's what I'm saying. If you can make one, you can raise one. And if you're not ready to raise one, don't make one. Got some preaching from the back. Got some yelling back at me. Somebody's feeling it out there. So how do we do this? Just practically. Just practically. You know, we can do the word and I can preach and all. practically how to just let me just give some real easy things. OK, and then we'll get to some more steps here as well. Can you just be there for him? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it ain't that just sit in the same room. Can you just be there? Ask questions. Be interested in the things that they're interested in. Be interested in the people that they're interested in. Spend quality time with your children. Tell them, yes, I love 
you. Do you know in a room like this and those who are watching by television, do you know that how many young ladies, do you know how many men have never heard their dad say, I love you and I'm proud of you? Can you be the one to tell your children, I love you and I'm proud of you? You know, you literally can change their world by changing your words. You can. The words from a father are so important. You can change their world by you changing your words. Can you tell them, hey, I just want you to know you're a talented young lady. I want you to know you're beautiful. I want you to know you're a handsome stud. I want you to know God's got a plan for your life. Can you tell them? Can you begin to start casting vision bigger? Man, the day that you were born was the day that God brought new purpose on this earth. Can you tell them that God created them on purpose with a purpose? Can you tell them that there's something that God has for them that nobody else can accomplish on this earth or they wouldn't have been created? Can you be the one to cast the vision for them? To change their world? Fathers, the king, he's ordered us. And he's ordered us to engage. Engage. All right, fight for the kingdom. Secondly, lead by example. Lead by example. If we want our children to walk after God, guess what? We got to run after God. We got to sprint, all right? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, he's a little bit cocky here, okay? He is. But we know Paul to be a little bit like that, very proud of himself and confident in who he is. And he says, I want you to pattern your lives after me. This is in 1 Corinthians 1.11. I want you to pattern your lives after me, just as I pattern mine after Christ. I just wonder, when your children look at you, dads, and they follow you, are they following Christ? That's what Paul's saying. I want to live my life in a way that you don't even have to see Christ. Child, you don't even have to see God. All you have to do is look at me. Just look at me and I'm going to walk right. And when I don't, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And I'll I'll ask for for your forgiveness and I'll confess it to you. But God willing, I'm going to walk as Jesus walks. My dad growing up, man, he led by example. There's no doubt about it. He loved the church. He loves the church to this day. He has taught, he has taught Bible study since he was like 20 years of age. He's 80. I mean, he's over 60 years. Every week teaching the Bible. He loves, he's led churches. He's been in charge of the boards. <clears throat> he loves church. But let me just say, that he led by example, and there was no option if we were going to go to church or not. And just because I stayed out late the night before, and I was talking, that, what? What? Sorry, that's your problem. Get up. <clears throat> I saw my dad have his quiet time. I knew he read the Bible every day. I saw my dad love my mom and love her well. Every day when he'd go to the office, I'd see him, give her a kiss, say, I love you, honey. I'll see you in a little bit. And he'd go to the office, come back every day. Okay, He'd come home, hey, beautiful, how you doing? Give her a kiss. You know, pat her on the bottom. You know, <laughs> Lisa's a benefactor of that every day too. <clears throat> nothing wrong with patting your wife on the bottom come on man there's something godly about that can I hear an amen out there that's a bunch of bass voices amen 
My dad engaged with his kids daily, and we saw it. He lived that life. He walked his talk. You know, I kind of think it's a little bit ludicrous for us to expect our kids to live a certain lifestyle, but we don't live that lifestyle. You know, I'm not trying to be hard. That's, I'm not going to do much heavy. That's about it. All right, I'm trying to encourage you today, all right? But if you're trying to get your kids to live a certain lifestyle that you're not living it, ain't going to work. And God calls that a hypocrite. And I don't think that's a good way to raise our kids. So don't stop expecting good things from your kids. You just live good. Change the way we live. Because as you lead, you can write this down. This is for free. As you lead, your legacy will follow. As you lead, your legacy will follow. <clears throat> now, my dad. <clears throat> my dad had values. And his values have been passed down to me. And I'm not saying all my sisters have his values, but a lot of these values I have don't have all his values. And you might not agree with these values, but I'm just going to give you a couple examples. My dad doesn't believe in gambling, okay? <clears throat> he just, he doesn't believe in gambling, and uh, I don't believe in gambling. And so, hey, if you believe in gambling, that's your deal, you know? That's in the Bible, you know, they were gambling for Jesus' coat at the crucifixion that the blood is running down. If you want to do that, that's all right. I'm just not going to do that, Okay. <clears throat> My dad is serious, okay? I would come from football practice, and you'd have, a, you know, your fundraiser. You'd have a thing, a stack of raffle tickets. He'd say, okay, let me see those raffle tickets. And I'm thinking, hey, the bike, you know, a TV, you know, something like that. It's going to be awesome. Gonna, and he gets a $20 bill. He wraps it around, puts, puts the rubber band on. He says, give those and the tickets back to your coach. I'm like, well, what about the, we'll just keep the, no, no, oh, no, no. We don't believe in gambling, son. And so I'd. Every year, I'd go back and give them to him. Do you know I've never bought a raffle ticket in my life? You know I have never, ever played the lottery one time ever in my life. I've never done a scratch-off. Don't know what one is, okay? Okay. Now, that might not be your conviction, but that's his conviction, and it's my conviction now, you know? What will happen is as you lead, your legacy will follow. <clears throat> Any of y'all know what a fuzzbuster is? It's called a radar detector now, Okay. But back in the day, it was called a fuzz buster, all right? <clears throat> Who's old enough to know it was called a fuzz buster? That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so one time, my, dad, uh, my dad's friend let him borrow a fuzz buster, okay? A radar detector. <clears throat> and as he was using it, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, why are you using something that helps you break the law? And why would you want to use that with your kids watching you trying to get and break the law? And he said, I gave that back, said never use it again. So I'm driving. I'm like, hey, those fuzzbusters, they probably, after I got three or four tickets, I'm like, maybe this will help me. <clears throat> I, okay, one time, I've never bought one ever. I've used a, a, a radar detector one time, okay? And it was only because I was using a friend of mine's car. I'm in the middle of nowhere in West Texas. I, there is not a car within five to 10 miles of me. I'm like, there's nothing. Two lane, I'm, in. I'm going 90, okay? I'm just going to tell you, the radar detector did not work. <laughs> Look, I paid my fine. I did my time, okay? Free me. All right, there we go. <clears throat> man, man, man. My dad had a huge, massive respect for women. His wife and my four sisters. And I watched that. It was very annoying. 
as the youngest, okay, uh, I have three older than me, and then I had a baby uh, eight years later, okay? They had a baby, all right? She ruined my life, okay? I was, I was the baby and the only boy till her, okay? Could you imagine my life? That's why I'm still having to go to counseling for some of this stuff, all right? <clears throat> my sisters could do just about anything they want and say just about anything they wanted to me, but I could never, ever lay a hand on my sisters, Is it really good? Is that really fair? I have massive respect for my girls and for my wife and other women because my dad did. See, as you lead, your legacy will follow. Your legacy. Proverbs 22, 6. <clears throat> the Passion Translation. This is a very familiar verse, but you haven't read it of the Passion. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Come on, dads. We got some responsibility. We got some stewardship here. We're responsible for our kids' values. I'm going to read it again. It says the values that they've learned from you will be with them for life. Lead by example. Thirdly, win through relationship, win through relationship. <clears throat> My dad said by the time, as we were parenting, he said, by the time your kids are about 15 or 16, you've lost control of them. I'm like, well, hopefully not. I'm not planning on that. He says, you don't understand what I'm saying. At 15, 16, you can maybe hold some money from them, you can, but you, you can't control them anymore. And, and he says, at that point, <clears throat> he says, all we can really hope and believe God for is to have influence in their life. You see, the way we have influence with your children is by having relationship with your children. And so as a father of three grown children, I want you to know, and yet some of y'all know me, you see, I have a tremendous amount of influence in all three of my kids, in their lives, in their marriages, in their family. It has nothing to do with me controlling them or being manipulative. It has everything to do with cultivated relationships. And because I have relationship with my children, okay, I have influence with my children. Now, let me say, I'm not talking about abdicating your role as a father and trying to be their best buddy. Believe you me, my son and my daughters, there were plenty of times they knew they weren't my best buddy and they didn't even think I loved them, okay? So, <clears throat> but relationship building, cultivating relationship. Man, I dated my girls. I dated my girls regularly. <clears throat> I listened to their stories. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Hannah would start a story. I'd say, honey, I just need to know how long it's going to be. I mean, at some point when I knew she was almost raised, I said, I don't have to do this anymore. Talk to your mom, okay? <clears throat> I spent time with my boy eating, going to dinner, and staying up late with him. Well, you say, why did he get to stay up late? Why would you stay up late with him? Everybody go to bed. He'd want to still be up. He was a night out. And I said, be and the reason is because he did not talk until it was late. And, man, we watched King of Queens, all right? He, we'd sit there, everybody's sleeping, watch King of Queens, and he's just chattering like a parrot, man, just talking. 
I'm finding out so much about him, talking to him, investing in his life. And that's why I stayed up late with him. Coached all three of my kids many, many, many seasons, hunting trips, uh, trips to the ranch with my sons and daughters. Every night I tried my best uh, when I was home to be able to put them to bed and pray over them, tell them I love you and I'm proud of you. You know, our home was full of laughter. Is full of love. We cultivated relationships. You know, my dad did, the, did this very same thing with me. And when it was time for me to get married, I had a whole bunch of guy friends that I loved, loved to this day. But you know who I chose to be my best man? I chose my dad to be my best man. Do you know why? Because he was my best man. And to this day, he's the most influential man in my life. You know, I believe that one of the greatest reasons why I have three children walking with the Lord Marrying godly spouses, living kingdom lifestyles, and serving the church faithfully is because I engaged as a father. Guys, you can too. You can too. It takes a little bit of desire. It takes a little bit of tenacity, a little bit of never quitting. I want to give you a... Uh, I, want, I, want also, I also want to say this to all of our fathers that have children that you might think it's too late. I prayed for you this week, and I want you to understand it's never too late to engage with your children, no matter how far, how separated. And by the way, it's not their responsibility to make their relationship right. It's ours. So if you have a breach with your daughter or your son, it's time for you to step up. Humble yourself. Die in order. Die in order for your children to live. And so what I'm saying is this, it's never too late to engage and you can do it. Though scripture says he'll restore the years that the locusts have eaten. So no matter how many years have passed by, I'm just telling you, God wants you to touch your children and for your children to be connected with you. Engage with them. Engage with them. I want to give you a fathering tip. Some of y'all follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook with our life pastors. And we do a lot of tips, marriage tips and fathering tips and parenting tips. And if you don't follow us, you need to. It's fun. Every Thursday night, nine o'clock. Who's watched this before? It's been fun. We had like 4,600 people watch us a few weeks ago. Like what? Like I'm doing tips or something, you know, it's like, it, it, but it's a lot of fun. And Lisa and I get to share. And, and so, so follow us. Does it say life pastor? Yeah, life pastors right there. There we go. And so we do tips. I'm going to give you a father and tip just for free tonight, today, all right? Here it is. The greatest time to cultivate relationship is when, when your kids are at their worst. And you feel like you're the worst dad in the world. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. And you know what the temptation is? To retreat. But that is the very time we are to advance. It's the most important time. Think about it. When did God advance on us? When we were at our worst, right? We were at our worst and God didn't retreat. He advanced. He advanced. He engaged with us. He saw us hurting. He saw us in need. Man, let me just tell you something. I believe you have what it takes. I really do. I believe that you can engage. Are you ready to engage? You're ready to raise that legacy. You're ready to see your children become world changers and planet shakers. I believe that you are and you've got what it takes. My son and my, and my dad uh, recorded something this week and uh, they prayed for all the fathers and they blessed all the fathers. So if you're a father, will you just receive this blessing right now from them? 
I'm standing here with four generations of Collins. Four of us with the name Stephen. My dad, Stephen Collins Sr., Stephen Collins Jr., Stephen Collins III, my son, and Slade Stephen. And uh, we're proud of what God has done with our legacy. And we believe that God has really given us anointing for legacy. I'm going to ask my son to speak a prayer. And then I'm going to ask my dad to bless all the fathers today. Lord, just want to lift up uh, all the fathers today. Uh, whether they're, uh, they're still here, uh, if they've moved on. Uh, specifically, want to lift up my, uh, my granddad and dad uh, today. Just thank you for uh, the legacy uh, that you've given uh, to me the example of a godly father, a godly husband, um, and uh, giving me big shoes to fill uh, and look up to. Just ask that uh, you continue to to point me down that way uh, to uh, to be just like them, Father. Uh, also, want to ask uh, right now just a blessing over Slade, uh, Father, that uh, that you allow me to impart what what's been imparted to me. Um, the the, uh, the things that I love about my dad and my granddad uh, to Slade uh, also ask that we that you have him meet you at a young age, Father, and that uh, we can pass on that legacy that that I've received. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for our fathers. This is a special day for them, and we thank you for the father that I've had and the ability to have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Lord, we love you. You know, there's a special call on each one of our lives. Each year at birthday times, we would pray with our each child. We would take them out. We prayed for them before while they were still in the womb. But on their birthday, we would tell them that you're special to God. And he has a special plan for you. And you need to love him. And it's easy for them to love God if they love their father. So we made sure that, that we were the type of father that would allow our children to love us. They're not our children. They're your children. You've just given them to us to be a guardian until they leave the nest to teach them about your love and that you do have a special plan for the, their life. And we just ask a special blessings upon all our fathers out there, that they will continue to bless their children and bless their families and be, provide the Christian leadership that this world so desperately needs. For these things we pray in thy name. Amen. Amen. That's a beautiful picture of legacy. And may each one of us as dads be able to be blessed to have a day to where we can stand as an old man with our son, our grandson, our great-grandson, daughters, and that we could see that legacy come about. It's a beautiful picture. Do you know the most beautiful picture of a father is, the, is our heavenly father? You know, the Bible says this, that he saw us at our worst and he sent his best. He said, I've demonstrated, God has demonstrated his love for us. That while we were still yet sinners, he sent Jesus to die on the cross. We didn't deserve it. There's no reason why other than we have a father in heaven that loves us.